Okay, I've written myself a note. Hi, I'm Ian, he's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys and we're chatting about brilliant music selections and films. It's the Guys on Film podcast. Wiki, wiki, wild, wild west. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. Starting with one of my worst selections. Oh, well, that's a spoiler for uh, you know the upcoming podcast. So, what what have we got on this podcast? Have you any idea? Um, it's it's in the title. Um, Hold on, can I just go you, and check the title a minute? Ah, oh, that's amazing. Okay, it's good that we put it there because it's it means it's quite obvious. It's it's up upfront and personal. Yeah, so we're going to do a music-related quiz where you're going to hit me with some intro lines that I'll have to guess from the films in Seggy uh-huh. 1, yeah. and I'll have to identify the song and film. And then in Life Scores, you're going to tell us why you're so low energy. <laughs> I'm and... not low energy. I'm not low energy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ollie, pick it up. Yeah. Uh, and then the 4X Deep Dive, we're going to get into some facts about the biggest songs from films, Um my best five, my worst four, your top ones, all that sort of stuff, and and maybe what we think makes a good song work, and what makes bad songs not work. Not work. Okay. Yeah. And just to clarify, um, if if the episode title wasn't clear enough, th- this is songs as opposed to the original motion picture soundtrack. So it's not the ultra- orchestral score. Yes, it's songs that are picked for the films. Okay, yeah, that's Ollie that's true. Immediately strokes lines through all of his oh, <laughs> research. Sorry. I mean, you know, we probably should Damn have it. communicated this earlier. But should we should we just start anyway? I, and and tell you what, shall I set um a timer? Guys on Bill, yeah, we guys we're talking about Bill. It's the guys on Bill podcast for real. You know what guys? Ian, Seggy One, how are you with your uh, music trivia? Uh, I don't know, time's going to tell, isn't it? It is, so let me just uh, give you the the gist of of this quiz. So, um, basically, I'm going to hit you with some opening lines of some lyrics... For example, I might say, uh, wiki, wild, wild, wiki, wiki, wild, wiki, wild, wiki, wiki, wild, 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 west. And you, and, and what would that, what would that be? That would be Will Smith with the title track from Men in Black, Men in Black. Right. Well, it's not going to be that easy. I mean, and you can't have that. Okay. Okay. Um, so you can't have that. But that was just an example of of a question so are you willing and prepared for this quiz agreed and then i hope everyone at home is too then let's continue in fact i'm gonna bring back the uh bit where i ask people how they did at home and that call and response sort of thing for this quiz um so just you know keep that in mind that i'm gonna start doing that um, Ollie, I know it's nearly. I know it's nearly been two months since we recorded a podcast, but you don't have to narrate what you're thinking as you go along. <laughs> well, I mean, I think this is the only way I'm going to get through it. Anyway, 
Question one. I think you're going to enjoy this. I think you're going to enjoy this. And I'm also okay. just going to try and read it as flat as I can. There will be uh, no rhythm, no musicality, and no semblance of tune at all. I think that's going to be the only way it's going to work. I didn't expect any of that from you anyway, so shall we roll? So, question one. Look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? Okay, so that's what I'm getting? Yeah, that's all you're getting. That's the opening lines of the uh, of the song. Um, it's Eminem. Correct. With the uh, title track from... Oh, maybe it's not title track, actually. It's... Um, yeah, no, this is, this is a potential... It's from the... It's from the movie Eight Mile. Bing, bing, bing. Correct. So that's two for t- two for three. Can you guess the uh, song title? Um, it's got brackets Eight Mile in it. You're not. I mean, I'm gonna need the full title, Ian. I don't have it. I'm afraid. Okay. Uh, knees weak, uh, arms spaghetti. Is I mean that is the one, but there's not the name of the song. <laughs> it's actually called Lose Yourself. Um, uh, and I've actually written any men rather than Eminem, so uh, I'm not sure if I can give you that either. <laughs> any men, any men. Uh, how do you feel about that one? Uh, good. I mean, if it's uh, guide us to how difficult this is going to be, I feel pretty good because even though okay. I didn't get the point, I knew exactly what you were talking about. And how did you do at home? Oh, better than Ian. Fantastic. Mm, that's a shame. We're in the same boat though. Uh, okay Um, second one what a lovely boat it is ho and I'm I'm replacing the um, the title of the film with the words title of the film because it says it quite a lot so ho here come the title of the film it's the title of the films Uh, here come the title of the films here come the title of the film title of the film they won't let you remember okay so this would be Will Smith with Correct. Wild Wild West, the theme Think track about to it, think Wild about Wild. it. Oh, oh, no, sorry. Okay, so um, this would be Here Come the Men in Black, brackets Men in Black or something like that, um, from the movie Men in Black. Correct. That's uh, a full sweep on that one. So you're now up to five points of a total of six. How do you do it? Hurry. Oh, oh, well sorry. done. Full, full, full cards, full house. Well done. This is a good point scoring system, actually. I like it. Okay, well, I'm going to try and keep it up. Um, I mean, we've, we've never kept scores so diligently as I am yeah. now. So let's just see how we go. Uh, so It'll be your maths bit, that fails us if anything does. Uh, true, yeah. Okay. So, next one. I'm I ready. Could stay awake. Just to hear you breathing. Watch you smile while you're sleeping. I mean, I'm trying to take all the original melody out, if possible. Yeah. I mean, there might still be some left in there, but I'm hoping that it's all gone. So uh, how are you feeling about this one? Okay. I wish you did it more monotone, because you're, you're actually changing the emphasis. And I just wanted to and that's what I'm trying saying to do. something that's what I'm really trying, I'm trying to I'm trying to mess you up as much as possible. By 
watching me while I breathe. It's Aerosmith <laughs> um, from the movie Armageddon. Bing. And the song is Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Well, Bing. Armageddon my calculator out. And you've now got a... Now you have eight points out of a possible nine. How are you doing at home? Wow, that wow. is incredible. A uh, score of eight out of a potential nine. So, okay, brilliant. Next, next one. Tale as old as time. True as it can be. Barely even friends. Then somebody bends. Unexpectedly. The difficulty has taken a steep uphill curve. Yeah, it has. I mean, it, it has taken a steep... Like, this has gone from easy to... Stupid. Hard. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it, it's, a, it's a big... It's a big song, you know. Okay. If I mean, it's if a you, big song... I mean, I, it's a big... A, like a, a I've, big I've, song. I've got a guess already. Okay. So, I think I'm going to go with a complete guess of um, Brian Adams... The theme song from Robin Hood, and it's. Uh... Oh, fuck. I don't want to miss a thing too. <laughs> it's basically the same, isn't it? I've got that running through my head, and it's obviously not that. Oh God, how does the theme? Song it's right, Ian. Song? You're wrong. You're dead wrong. It's it. Beauty and the Beast from the film Beauty and the Beast. Hmm. Now, is that a song like that was Angela made Lansbury. separately from the film? Okay, fine. I mean, it won a Grammy. I know, but I mean, it was and an Oscar. written for the film. Anyway, okay, I didn't get that one. Fair enough. Okay, you didn't. You didn't get it. Okay, here we go. And and this is, I think, this is still, you know, taking a real uphill difficulty curve now. Okay, can I just say that it was Everything I Do, I Do It For You was the track from Robin Hood. And it's still wrong, and you're <laughs> still on uh, eight, but now it's out of a possible 12. So how would you do it at home? Oh, fantastic, that's great. Let's move on to the next one. Um, okay. Next question. Dig, if you will, the picture of you and I engaged in a kiss. The sweat of your body covers me. Can you, my darling... Can you picture this? God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you picture this? Such, it's a very awkward lyric. It is, um, and it's. It, I feel quite uncomfortable reading it to you, but, you know, ultimately, it's just lyrics, Ian. It's could you read it to me one more time, please? <sighs> Dig, if you will, the picture of you and I engaged in a kiss. The sweat of your body covers me. Can you, my darling, can you picture this? No, I'm, I'm lost on that one, I'm afraid. Okay, so that's When Doves Cry by Prince for the movie Purple Rain. Damn it. So, it's, a, it's a big seller as well. It was a big seller. Um, Have you... I, I've got a shed, but not a seller. Can you actually remember the film Purple Rain? I remember the poster. Okay, but that's not what I asked. Poster. <laughs> Next one. On the half shell, they're the heroes four. In this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high, with muggings, mysterious. All police and detectives are furious. Okay, so this makes me question the rules a little bit. 
Because who, oh, who did you have? Who did you have down as the artist of the Beauty and the Beast song? Um, well, I mean, I would have given you either. Right, so you didn't have three points on that one because you didn't. No, well, I would have given you Angela Lansbury or Ariana Grande. I would have given you either. I would have given you on this one. On this one, the only fact that I've got is it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Movie. Correct. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll go with Heroes in a Half Shell as the name, but God knows. You were so close. The song is called Turtle Power. By the artist Partners in Crime. I mean, there's some uh, great lyrics. Some great lyrics in it. Um, okay, you're gonna get this one. I feel it. Two okay. worlds collide. Rival nations. Yep. It's a yep. primitive clash, venting years of frustrations. <laughs> they're good lyrics. Oh, they're they're good. Yeah. Um. So it's Rocky Four. Correct. And uh, the song, I think, is called, uh, it's not Rival Nations, it's Burning Heart. Correct. That's... In the Burning Heart. Yeah, it's uh, Survivor again. They came back after Rocky III. That's correct. So you, out of a total of uh, 21, you have now scored 13. And your final one, the lyrics are body count, body count, <laughs> body count, body count. Yeah, motherfucker. Body count, body count. <laughs> body count, body count. Body count, body count. Body count, body count. Body count's in the house. Okay. Um, so that is Body Count by the artist Body Count for the movie <laughs> Body Count. Uh, do you want me to... Um, do you want me to mention that Ice T is a part of Body Count? You only got one right there. Oh, did I? Okay, so the band's Body Count. What was the film? It's the one where they chase a guy in the forest. No. Incorrect. Okay, I'm all wrong then. I'm all okay, wrong. so the song is called Body Counts in the House. The oh, artist is, is Body Count. Okay. And the film is Universal Soldier. What? Oh, I was mixing it up with that one where, like... Surviving the game. Surviving the game, damn it. Okay, Ian, so out of a, a, a possible um, a possible 20... Uh, four points. <laughs> 20, You've scored uh, four. 14. Well done. How did you do at home? Oh, very good. That's all of them you got correct. Well done. I got more than half. That's all right. Yeah. So, how do you feel about that? I, I feel like it ended on a low there because I, I went in so, so, confident, so hard and fast on body count that I should have thought of it longer. Yeah. Um, you should have you should have just gave it a little pause, but you didn't. But, uh, I mean, I used to, basically, first time I saw Universal Soldier and that song came on at the end, it was so ridiculous. Never heard anything like it. Um, you, um, and I, I, I like it to this day. I listened to it today, in fact, and I, I bloody enjoyed it. Okay, shall we get on to life scores? I I have no objections, Your Honour. Proceed. Proceed. Yeah, yeah. Proceed. Live score. How are you? Live score. I'm fine, thank you. Live score. 
Out of 10. Live score. Pro- probably like a, a four. So, uh, Ian, how are you? I'm great. I'm really hankering to find out how your life is. Um, but as you've asked me, I'll go first. Okay. So, I think the last time we did a um, life score, I think I went in pretty high. It was an eight or a nine. Um, okay. And it's been quite a while. We recorded that one really early in January. Yeah. And then the January episode Smashed came out, it. and then it's been quite a long time into February before it's literally the last day of February we're recording this. So it's going to come out in March. But it's a short month, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, we'll get another one out in March. So it's all I'm saying is it's been a long time since those lofty highs for me. But I think I'm still feeling pretty good. Okay. Um, there's been a little bit of global warming February. Don't know how you feel yeah. about that. Um, it was nice and warm for a while there. It's 20 degrees and then it just bucketed rain for a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not uh, wearing my coat as much. Yeah. Um, you're wearing a coat and shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wool coat and Bermuda shorts. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's just one of your sort of iconic looks. Yeah. Some would say iconic. <laughs> Uh, so we did some filming since the last time we podcasted. Yeah. Uh, and I've done some critiquing. We, hopefully we're going to put that out pretty soon. I'd like to move fast on it, but you'd yeah. like to move slow on it. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But yeah, that was good when we did it. It was a good little, uh, bit of filming that we did. And then yeah, I'm you anticipating... shook me really hard. Just do you want to go into <laughs> yeah. that? Should we delve into that just a minute? Very quickly, the hard um, Ol- Ol- Oliver was dressed as um, a goth, which is not yeah. a big stretch for him. He just took a dive into his own wardrobe. Uh, he was wearing a wig, a long, very smooth black hair wig. Yeah, like and, the um, ring. And uh, so he comes walking around a corner, and as part of this scene, I'm a local yob type person, and we're supposed to bully him. And uh, the other person who's on camera doesn't get cued. That's friend of the podcast, Tim. He doesn't realise that Ollie's there. So I had to step in at the last moment. And uh, my momentum and shove uh, knocked Ollie almost completely sideways. Yeah. Um, With my bad ankles, (laughs) it was, uh, you know, it was quite a worry. I mean, you know, I I was quite surprised um, at the velocity of the shove. And it looks at this point like there's going to be very few places for it in the final film. So that's already bringing my life score up to about an eight and a half. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, very very apologetic for that, Ollie. I didn't mean that, really. No. That's um, fine. Apology accepted. So uh, I'm looking for a new apartment. So it's a minor stress that I'm under at the moment. Uh, but, you know, happy with where things are heading pretty happy with the time i've got to get a place that'll be okay i'm sure are you more bothered about the room or the people uh what's what's highest on the list room people space location Um, location uh, yeah should be absolutely fine um from a room and people point of view you'd hope so Uh, so uh that's good. I've got about a month to do that, so that's okay-ish. Um, I just thought in a movie-related uh, way, I'd bring up the fact that I've now invested in a brand new Alien Quadrilogy Blu-ray. 
Um, I mean, how many we... times do you think you've bought the Alien series in your lifetime? Only twice. And the first time I got them in the DVD Alien Quadrilogy set, stuck on Alien again recently to watch, and it skips because it's been played so many times. I think it's kind of damaged now. I've had it about 11 years, I think. Yeah. So it's had a good innings. thought I'd move on up to the Blu-ray. Does it skip on a certain scene that you've worn out at all? or? Yeah, it's the pants bit at the end. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's actually mainly been that way since I lent them to you and I had to dig them out of your shed. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Uh, yeah. At the same time as buying that, um, I saw Brett's cap, the Nostromo one that he's got, and I decided to buy myself a Nostromo cap. And I don't know why I thought it was a good idea, because now I've got it, it's evident that I'll never, ever wear this. <laughs> But it's got like it, a I mean, Nostromo badge like a, in the front of it. Prop. Is it not very well made or? No, it's an official um, piece of like replica merchandise from Fox. Um, okay. It's quite high quality, but it's just. <sighs> is it a bad um, fit? Do you feel like it's a good you... fit? It's Oof. just it looks silly, doesn't it? It's got a big Nostromo badge in the front of it, and then these like wreaths on the brim. It just looks silly. Up close, so... I can see that now. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, but this is coming from someone who has purchased replica wrestling belts in the past as well. Yeah, I mean, you I don't wear, wear those out either. I was just about to say, I stand to this day that you know every Saturday night when I get that out, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Talking about Saturday night, I've recently watched Saturday Night Fever and Staying Alive in a double bill. And okay. It was quite the double bill it was supposed to be related to this podcast so the music for those films figuring into a list of best songs in films but um i've not got too much more to say about them other than the the first one at least is much more harrowing than i expected it to be right okay well it's, maybe we uh, can go into that in the in the deep dive okay it it's good, quite uh, adult gives a good harrow um i'd say i'm an 8.5 ollie how are okay. you doing um, I'm quite tired at the moment. I mean, I don't feel like I'm low energy at the moment. I think I'm quite high energy, if anything. Um, but I think I'm probably like a seven and a half. I've not been seeing much daylight at the moment. Um, so why is that? Right. Get into that. I've just, just been really busy. Just been busy. Okay, let's leave it at that. Um, but some good working things. Working a lot. Been making, working quite a lot. But it's fine. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, you know, feeling satisfied. But I'm I seem just... to remember at some point in the past when I when I did quite a lot of work, you'd you'd kind of talk to me about how you kind of found it amusing. Should I get into that or no? We'll leave it. Leave it. But there's more to life than work, uh, work Ollie. Got to keep a no, healthy is, balance. But it's only I only do it in very short spurts. <laughs> yeah, don't you know, we know? I don't. I don't. I don't let it go on for too long. Um, I've been I've been making a homemade soup and taking it to work, so I've been saving saving myself uh, quite a lot of money. Okay, Is that, that's good. That's that's a, a good thing that I've been doing. Um, I've been playing a Rocket League at lunchtime with some colleagues, and we had just yesterday uh, two games on the trot where people um, rage quit against us. And rage quit is where you're thrashing someone so bad that they leave the game before. 
it, it concludes. Um, and that felt really good. I was, I was beaming. I was smiling from ear to ear. As you this can imagine. Interesting. This life score is probably the, the deepest insight into Ollie's life that people have gotten thus far. Okay, so, I mean, film and media related. I took the kids to see uh, The Kid Who Would Be King. Um, oh, yeah. They, they enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Um, there, was, there was something about it. I, wanted, I, I think I wanted it to be a bit funnier. I think I maybe felt, found the kids a little bit underwritten and annoying. Um, and I'm unsure why both of Joe Cornish's films... Um, start off with someone being bullied and then, you know, you kind of at some point have to, um, you know, invest and get behind these bullies. And I it was maybe a bit better than Attack the Block in that respect, but I still kind of feel it's a really hard in into that world, into a film. Is like, you know, some of the protagonists are, you know, rotters. I find that, I find that a hard leap sometimes. Yeah. Who am I supposed to support here? Yeah, who am I supposed to support? Um, I mean, but all in all, it was good. Um, kids loved it. Audience applauded at the end. Um, really? It definitely had its moments. Um, but I, I was hoping it'd be better. Um, have you seen the Bohemian Rhapsody editing videos slash memes? No, I haven't. Because, I mean, I think it won um, an award for editing. And I've seen some clips from it. Oh boy. It takes like eight different camera cuts for a record executive to enter the scene and pull out a chair and sit down. And it's it's just crazy. I'm, I'm, I don't know how the whole film is, but, you know, okay. just watching it, it's like, did, did, is this actually it? Is this, is this how, it, how it was? Did you see it at home? Can you tell me? Okay. Did you see it? I haven't seen it yet, no. Um, it's kind of one thing after the other with that film, actually, because um, it's apparently now been released in China without any homosexual content, um, which is, I mean, like, <sighs> yeah, it's problematic, really, isn't it? Well, yeah, money over save, money you know. over purpose, and then uh, the other thing, of course, is just that the director who was not referred to by any of the people who picked up awards at the uh, Academy Awards, is uh, he's had some sort of sexual allegations. Yeah, it's Brian Brian Singer. Yeah. Seems to be making money hand over fest anyway, but it just kind of makes you think, like, what, you know, the industry's not... I mean, but he wasn't... he, he He did leave the project. Right, okay. So he did actually... He didn't wrap the project up. He He left it some way in so he is like he did obviously sort of you know film quite a lot of it but uh he did leave the project i think it was maybe is it dexter fletcher that finished the oh yeah the film um ian i'm gonna ask you're correct bohemian Bohemian rhapsody uh yeah i think it was dexter fletcher and, and and you're confirmed it is but it's still actually on google it still says the director's brian singer Mm, nightmare. So that's yeah. It so, is, uh, it's a real. We've opened up a real kettle of fish. Um, <laughs> What's your life score? And it's Brian Singer on IMDb as well. Okay, uh, seven and a half, <laughs> and probably a six and a half. Now I found that out. Okay, 
That's great. Let's keep the energy up and go into the Forex deep dive. Did they swallow an insight analysis? All that data is really is a deep dive. I hope that information wasn't false. Ian. Yeah. It's the deep dive. Um, we're we're going yeah. into the uh, into the docks on the bay, and we're we've spotted some sort of underwater vehicle. It's a it's a submersible. It's small. Uh-huh. There's only really room enough for maybe one person. Um, we open the lid. And we're both getting in. <laughs> we're both getting in, but there's a, there's a certain aroma that's been, been left from the, uh, from the person before. Um, uh-huh. And we, we set sail and we start hearing Celine Dion coming from the speakers so it can only be one person that was in there before and that was James Cameron he loves a farty submersible he does I, um, I wonder at this point Ollie because we've not talked about the farty submersible since way back at the do beginning do you have to explain it again I don't think we should bother but we should just say that this is a long standing joke and it wasn't really that funny in the first place I mean but like we did keep it going for the best part of a year maybe more yeah so yeah. For, and it's all just to old... play on the fact that this is a deep dive and we're in, getting inside a submersible. And I I posed to Ian that at some point that uh, when James Cameron goes on his little expeditions down to the bottom of the ocean that, you know, he's going he's gonna, to, you know, let off in there. And then when he resurfaces and the crew open the lid, that they're greeted with... You know, a lot of uh, methane gas. A, a sea of smell. Yeah. But okay, they all so... have to pretend. They all have to pretend. They've, they've had to sign a contract that says that they have to keep a straight face when the lid opens. <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone winces, if anyone's eyes water, then they get sacked immediately. immediately and he's sacked. looking at all of them like to see if they notice. Because <laughs> he knows. Yeah, he knows what he's been doing down there. Okay, so Ollie, the first musical film in 1927, it says here, was The Jazz Singer starring Al Jolson. And it hmm. introduced the sound era of motion pictures. It was for- followed by a series of musicals hastily made to capitalise on the novelty of sound. Is sound still a novelty to you? Well, I mean, I think there's, you know, certain kind of uh, technologies are still trying to make it quite novel but um, when it's done well it, it, it can be novel but like anything um, you know sound and music in films is quite prone to being copied and um, you know are like you saying get... that sound in movies has outstayed its welcome <laughs> I think I think we need to go back to uh, you know silent movies or smelly movies or something like that instead okay Songs, uh, I've just got a description here. Songs are usually not considered part of the film's score, although songs do also form part of the film's soundtrack. Although some songs, especially in musicals, are based on thematic ideas from the score, or vice versa, scores usually do not have lyrics, except for when sung by choirs or soloists. Uh, similarly, like, like songs, the omen, like say, like the omen. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. sort of business. Uh, similarly, pop songs which are needle dropped 
that's uh, that's a phrase that in this quote is uh, quoted in itself. Into specific scene in a film, uh, for added emphasis, are not considered part of the score. So we're talking about this sort of thing. Um, music so would that tracks. be like in in Baby Driver where they play a tune and it's just you know it's there Garbage. for added emphasis? Yeah. Or like Quentin uh, Tarantino where he you know he uh, plays a song in a scene. Yes. So there's a difference between Eye of the Tiger in Rocky Three and the Rocky that theme. Yeah. So that kind of difference. So let's get into it. Um, you Where told me start? that you had some facts. Uh, okay. I've got a top five, but I want to hear some of these facts first. Okay, so um, I've got some UK chart facts. So when I was younger, um, there was like a, a run long, of... A, long ago. So there was a run Come of time journey. in the in the nineties um, where you would have like a lot of songs from films. I don't know why I'm talking like Christopher Walken all of a sudden, but there's a lot of songs <laughs> from films that were entering the UK charts and staying at number one for you know quite some time. Uh, so I'm just gonna tell you what they so like say like nine in the nineties. This was okay, nineteen nineties. So, mm-hmm. uh, first off, uh, for 10 weeks at number one was Whitney Houston uh, for the film The Bodyguard, I Will Always Love You. Yeah. For 15 weeks, a whole 15 weeks this was in the charts, Love Is All Around by Wet, 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 Marty Pello. Wow. 15 weeks. Every week you're just listening to the charts going, um, you know, you're getting closer to number one and it's like, it's still there. And was that from Four Weddings and a Funeral? That's correct. Okay. By the way, on the um, the Bodyguard and uh, Whitney Houston, she sold 42 million records. And there was a fact I heard in a YouTube video I was looking at for research where it said she was the first artist to ever sell one million tracks in one week. One million, okay. Not one million tracks, one million records. <laughs> Right. Um, I mean, selling one million different tracks in a week—that'd be interesting. So here, here's one. You know, um, "Kiss from a Rose" by, by Seal, the artist Seal. It says here on the official charts that it. How, how many weeks do you think it spent at number one? Mm. Six. And it says here zero. Okay. It says no. So no weeks. It it, the highest one. it got. The highest it got was um, number uh, number four in the charts. Okay. I, I would have thought it would have it would have been a, a a number one. But what was a number one? And this is the the longest one that I can find from a, a movie. Um, was everything I do? That's in brackets, and then after the bracket says I do it for you. And that's by Brian Adams, and that spent sixteen consecutive weeks at number one uh, in in the year nineteen ninety one, which wow. was for the film Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, starring Kevin Costner. Wow, there's a lot of facts there. I mean, Pretty it really cool. dragged that fact out as well. So, I mean, that's the Ollie Johnson's facts. The equivalent drag. of putting like slow mo in a film because you you know you need to uh, stretch the time out. Well, the funny thing is, I've actually got plenty of stuff to talk about. Okay, well, um, that's fine. Well, but anyway, there's there's my um, initial Ollie's initial chart facts. 
Fact drag. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to start my top five, and we can we can just alternate. We can go back to yours and whatnot. But um, can I can I just ask you one quick question? Because I know you like questions. What film would it be inappropriate to have a chart topper for? Uh, I don't think it is. I mean, maybe a documentary like a of silence, some kind. Silence of the Lambs I've got here. Like a, a Silence of the Lambs theme tune in the style of like a Shirley Bassey-esque Bond song where they she really belts out the title of the film. I don't think so. I think you just wanted to say that. I mean, I did, Ian, I did want to say that because I did write it down. <laughs> so I definitely, you are correct. So you don't get a point for it, but you are correct. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think like any given film is going to have a song attached to it that's appropriate to the theme in most cases. And if that song's catchy enough that people want to hear it, or not even catchy enough, but maybe emotional enough, like you might say... Should there really be a chart topper attached to the story of like loads of people dying in a ship that sank? Probably not, but it no, was a story shouldn't. of true love between two people, and Celine Dion smashed it. Okay, you've proved a point. I mean, it's it's uh, it's all context, isn't it? Move on with your with your bit. <laughs> Number five for me is Randy Newman, and you got a friend in me from the original Toy Story, and then subsequently, all the rest of them. So this is the best ones, is it? No, this is my number... It's in at number five for me. Um, I'm going to build up to number one. uh, And we're going towards number one. Okay. Did you ever listen to, like, Dr. Fox or, like, the Radio 1 hit parade show? (laughs) Yeah, I definitely did, yeah. Because they would they would spend it. the best part of a Sunday evening building all their way up to what number one was. So that's what we're going to do. Always Brian Adams. <laughs> yeah. If it, it wasn't never Brian Adams, wasn't it wasn't Brian, Brian Adams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, number. Four. So um, I think this one's mainly because um, it's a kind of childhood memory, isn't it? It's um, a kind of magic. No, that's uh, by that's by Queen. But From the Highlander. Oh, was it in the Highlander? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Part one or part two? Uh, part one. So was um, it? Uh, Who wants to live forever? Oh yeah, I've watched it's, the video to that. It's quite good. It's good. It's really good. Um, I don't know if I really need to explain too much about why the you've got a friend of me is good. Um, it won an Academy Award for best uh like soundtrack song, I think. Um, what do you think to it? Are you a fan? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I wouldn't go and see it live. But, you know, yeah, it's fine. I think a lot of his other material is very similar. Yeah. Uh, great voice. Unique voice. Shall we move on? What's one of your top? I'm, I don't know I'm if you've ready, ranked them in ready. priority order. Um, I haven't. I haven't. No, I haven't done that. Okay, well, just tell us one of your favourite songs from a film. Uh, that would be Body Counts in the House by uh, Body Count for the film Universal Soldier. I've okay. got the lyrics here if you need them. Uh, save them for later, but tell us save why. I know you've already told us why you like it. Um, and also like the song uh, The Silence of the Lambs by Shirley Bassey. 
<laughs> yeah, that is one of our better that songs. That is really good. Um, okay. Okay, five stars. Yeah. Uh, do Do you have another one to cover? What would you like to cover? Uh, um, I'm, I'm, you don't want to go for number four. I'm, 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 I'm invested in the list now. I'm so okay. He's invested in the list. Okay, I thought we were going to alternate, but here's my number four. Investy list. It's Eye of the Tiger by Survivor from Rocky Three. I like that, but I prefer Burning Heart. Okay, why is that? Because you're the lyrics. Uh, it's the lyrics. A hipster. It's East versus West. I mean, they're basically sort of describing the film uh, in the song. And it's it's just so like that. I think I just want to I would I want to be a fly on the wall in the in the lyrics writing session for that you know where they've got the script and you know well we really need to yeah that's, we've got to do another song and you know well it's East versus West let's just put that in East versus West I just I would like to know why they wrote it that way okay um, uh, and there's a load of other good there's Hearts on Fire in that in that one as well um, it's a, ain't no it's easy a better way out. overall. It's a better overall soundtrack. Yeah. And I probably I probably know the lyrics to that stuff better than I know any of the other stuff that was in Rocky Three. But I'm still gonna stick with Eye of the Tiger because individually it's good. It's it's the more well known and uh, overall sort of iconic song. Like it you don't get lads down the gym having a listen to um, the Rocky Four soundtrack tracks. Do you? No, not. But really. I the Tiger is one. And that I kinda... really quite like the. Um, I really like the little in I the Tiger the little sort of offbeat that catches you off guard in the riff when you listen to it next. Can you? You know. Can you do that for dun, us in verbal You know, so it kind of skips a a beat. I like that. I always I always think, oh, that's good. That's nice. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Um, Ollie, do you think that we're going to be legally allowed to include samples of these songs? I, I mean, I could probably play it. Yeah, just tiny, um, just tiny clips. Just tiny clips. Okay. All right, here's my number three. So I can give you one. I, actually, I'm going to give you another one that I like. Um, it's, okay. it's in no in particular order, but I like um, I Still Believe by Tim Capello um, from the soundtrack of The Lost Boys. This is the guy, okay. the, the very oily... Slash sweaty guy with the saxophone. Okay, I'm less familiar with this than I probably should be. Okay. I'm going to have to listen back to the podcast to actually know what that track is. Okay. So what is it you like about it? Um, I just, I mean, it's a great, it's a great song. Actually, The Lost Boys is one of my favourite soundtracks. Um, It's got a, it's got a whole load of bangers. Um, I just think it's really, you know, the the soundtrack almost makes the film. Um, you know, they use a lot of music throughout. It's got, you know, so many good tracks in it. And it's, I don't know, it's just one of those films that's really, you can't separate it from the soundtrack, you know. They use, they use the music brilliantly. I, I, I had that on tape. I've probably worn the tape out. I've had it on CD and now I've got it on Spotify. And I'm, pr- I'm pr- you probably can't wear that out. He's worn out his spot. Digital. <laughs> I've worn out the digital bits. So uh, <laughs> your digital bits. Uh, okay, number <laughs> three for me. 
uh, is the end by the doors at the beginning of Apocalypse Now. Um, okay. So we, I remember actually watching this in film studies and having an English teacher go, oh, you need to watch how amazing this is. It's really amazing. And um, kind of not taking to it massively at the time, but on a couple of rewatches, it's uh, very effective. And um, I think uh, it matches extremely well with like the tone of the film and also the timing mm-hmm. of the film. So like the music matches well with the time period that the film's set in. And the story goes, actually, that the whole intro was kind of a part happy accident sort of scenario where Francis Ford Coppola was saying, I need some kind of intro. And then there was lots of like rolls of footage and they just pulled out this roll that had basically the canopy of um, palm trees that go up in flames at the start. And they started talking about, well, maybe we can just start in a big explosion. Um, and then somebody was talking about the Doors song within earshot, and then suddenly it turned into this big joke of why don't we start with the end? And then it became clear that it was <laughs> mad, isn't it? Um, but then actually it became obvious why that was so appropriate because it was such like a hellhole that they were going into and stuff that it was actually an appropriate okay. song. And when... Um, Jim Morrison starts going a bit mad. It kind of mimics a bit more of like what the the main character and his journey into kind of descent into madness is like as well. So it's all ties up quite nicely, but it sounds like apparently it was just a bit of an accident, wasn't it? Okay. So it's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, do my number two? Yeah, go on then. Um, it was appropriate my, that my number three was a wanky one. Okay. What do you mean by a wanky one? Well, it had um, sort of proper film analysis involved as opposed oh, right. to... Oh, okay. Yeah, and was and you, know, space, you know what a number three yeah. is? Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. okay, catch up. Anyway, here's my number two. It's not a shit one, though. Um, fun, it's, it's the better use of Queen's music in a film. It's Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's World. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I actually think that there's a <laughs> yeah, couple yeah. of songs that are hard to sort of separate from the movie. And okay. two of those would be um, Either Tiger. So that's, I mean, that's just basically so heavily linked with Rocky that it's, it's almost impossible to, you know, listen to that song and, and not think about Rocky. It's just, I can't think of that many songs that are, are just you know, so linked to a film. Uh, and the other okay. one is, is Wayne's World because when the, uh, you know, the, the riff bit in the middle happens, you know, you, there's countless sketches and other performances where that scene is, you know, it's almost the, the Wayne's World scene where they're all headbanging in the car is, is just absolutely smashed together with the song. So it's hard to separate the two. So those two songs are just very much, um, you know, have sort of fed off each other, I suppose I'm trying to say. They're intrinsically linked. Ian, that was what I was trying to say. The, uh, you've done the job of explaining my number two. (laughs) Okay. Um, so that's my number two explained. Uh, let's go on to my number one. 
Is it the song... Can you guess what it is? Yeah, it... Ian. This is the song Shocker, performed by the Dudes of Wrath for the Wes Craven movie Shocker. Um, Written by Paul Stanley, as one of the people, and Vivian Campbell, uh, with Tommy Lee on drums. Is that is that no? One? Sorry, you're wrong. Not, no points. Not, is that it's probably number one then? Probably number one. But I'm on number one. Sorry, so, I'm sorry for ruining your number one. But uh, yeah, carry on. What's your number two? What? What's your number two? I just did my number two. That was Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, what's your number one? Fucking hell! You better edit the life out of this. Oh, I'll edit that one. That I'll edit this last ten seconds. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I asked you if you could guess what my number one was. Oh my God! He's taking sorry, another someone... call. Fuck. No, someone keeps trying to call me. No, someone keeps trying to call me. I can't help that, can I? Well, I don't know why me. it cuts out the currently ongoing call. I don't, Ian. I don't know either. You know, it's a new phone. I've not figured this out yet. Right. All this is getting cut. I'm going to ask you one more time. So, Ian, what's your number one? My number one, Ollie, I think you can guess. I want you to try and guess what my number one would be. Uh, You Got Me Burning by uh, The Triangles, and the film is The Terminator, and it's the scene from Technoir. Is that the one? It's correct. He's got all three points. Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's brilliant. It's just. It's uh, a great scene. We're both big fans of that scene. So, if you haven't already and you've not listened to the podcast until now, go on YouTube and look up the tech noir scene from the Terminator and just listen to the music and enjoy it. It features the song, as Ollie said, "You Got Me Burning" by the Triangles. Um, the Triangles are not a band that I think anybody else is that familiar with. So I did a little bit of research, and I'd like to enlighten you and our listeners. So okay. Tani Kane and the Triangles, okay. or Taney Kane, landed a record deal in 1982 and released a self-titled, using her married name, Tani Kane, album on RCA Records. Um... A Billboard review of the album described her as an artist to watch and remarked that she looks incredibly beautiful on the LP cover. Uh, then you put it on and you can you realise that she can sing as well. <laughs> um, thankfully, music reviews have taken a slight upward turn since back then. Um, so, I mean, it was more of a, um, a critique of her looks rather than a talent. Exactly. So all music's Alex Henderson wrote that the material, most of it sleek, commercial, pop slash rock, um, is generally excellent. Okay. Uh, the album's first single. This, uh, I don't believe that this they're on Spotify either or, or any streaming services because I've not been able to find it. No, it, the only thing you can really do is either put the Terminator on or put clips of the Terminator on on YouTube. Um. So after the fir- the first single from the album failed to chart, uh, her second single, Holding On, peaked at number 37. The album did not sell as well as the label had hoped. Um, she did, however, contribute three songs to the soundtrack for The Terminator in 1984. She also recorded demos for a second album, which were eventually leaked several years later, but didn't turn into much. So the final sort of part here is that she 
actually went into movies and played Reese Witherspoon's mum in Legally Blonde 1 and 2 and has been okay. in a number of other sexploitation films. Ian, um, a question for you. Uh, close your eyes. Yep. Can you confirm that your eyes are closed? No. Yes. Yes, Can, sorry they yes. are. Okay. Can you spell tri- the triangles in the way that the band spells it? Yeah, I've actually written it down twice today that way. So it's T-R-I-A-N-G-L-Y-Z. It's actually T-R-Y-A-N-G-L-Z. Says who? Says YouTube. Says Discogs. Says James Cameron. So, okay. Well, um, I mean, I've got a funny, I've got a funny uh, misheard lyric here. So I was uh, getting the lift to work um, by Mandy, uh, and uh, on the radio they were playing "The Greatest Showman," a song from "The Greatest Showman" called, I think it was "The Greatest Show," um, and one of the lyrics says, "And you're gonna have to go and have a listen to this." It says, "And buried in your bones." There's an ache that you can't ignore. But I've heard this countless times now, and it sounds like there's an egg that you can't ignore. Um, Very good. Which gave me an idea for a little a little sketch I could do. Um, but yeah, it sounds like uh, there's an egg egg you can't ignore. Yeah. So, I mean, I, mean, I wonder can, what that sketch you can't is going to feel like. Well, it'd be some, somebody watching the film and then he hears the lyric, egg you can't ignore, and then he just says, oh, what, an egg you can't ignore? And then an egg just from in the background, it's like, oi, mate. And then like loads of different scenes of like him trying to go to sleep or go to the toilet while the egg's just like, oi, mate, oi, mate. Egg you can't ignore. What are some of your other songs that you like from films? <laughs> Um, so I mean just to confirm you're shitting that one in the bin that that, uh, sketch yeah yes please (laughs) okay Um, so a couple of things but Ollie all all the stuff about Tani Kane's career and you didn't even mention the sexploitation films until now one of the first tapes that I ever bought um, was the soundtrack to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that was the very first with, with you know, I requested it. Um, and in fact, my mum bought me, I think it was like now, that's what I call music 15 or something because it's like 1990. Okay. And I was like, oh, don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. What I actually wanted was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle soundtrack. Um, so she actually went back and and, uh, and got it for me. And that okay. sounds that makes me sound like I'm a little bit like uh, Cartman in uh, South Park, you know. But man, so um, there's I, I actually found um, uh, a couple of reviews on Amazon of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle soundtrack. Um, one of them just said it's a good buy. This is a five star review. I bought this CD for a friend of mine who couldn't remember the theme song from the movie. Was funny watching his face when he remembered the song. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd buy a CD on the strength of his experience there. 
Yeah, um, I'm buying you the CD so I can have a mild laugh at how you react to it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't sound like a five-star experience to me. It sounds more like a three. Uh, but another person who's had a five-star experience with this album, um, he says, it's a great film. I mean, he doesn't review the soundtrack. And then another person says, there are ten tracks on this album. And he actually, I'm not going to go through all ten, but he actually, he actually reviews all ten tracks and gives them all individually a score out of five. Um, okay. I'm just going to read you two of them. Um so, Turtle Power, Partners in Crimes, this is the one I gave you the lyrics for. Uh, closing credits, which blew my mind as it blasted from the speakers that night. Sounds like a you know very important night. It still has the same effect whenever the movie finishes. Sounds like he watches this movie far too much. Um, and then, uh, another one that he gave two out of five. So, he gave that one five out of five. So, a two out of five one is This Is What We Do by MC Hammer. And he says, remember him? No. <laughs> well, he was a very popular man in the 1990s, but I think he works in a car phone warehouse now or something. It's a pretty no, he's lame actually, track. He's actually a, uh, an evangelist, I think. He says it's a pretty lame track, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, so there you go. Um, that's uh, one. And the first single on tape that I ever bought was... Guns and Roses, You Could Be Mine, Ian, from the movie... Terminator 2. Judgment Day. <laughs> uh, I actually just call it Judgment Day. <laughs> I actually just call it uh, JD. Uh, <laughs> T2JD. In the industry, we actually just call it Day. <laughs> Did you work on Day? Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, notable mentions from me, Ollie. Berlin, Take My Breath Away, Top Gun. Okay. I'd say the best of the three tracks on that album. Okay. Uh, Big can Country. Name, can you name uh, two of the tracks on that album? Yeah, uh, Highway to the Danger Zone by Kenny yep. Loggins. Mm-hmm. And, so oh, fuck, actually, you're right. I don't know what the name of the Van Halen one is. Is it called, like, Air, Air Carrier or some shit like that? The that one, um, yeah. the best around by Joe Esposito on Karate Kid. Karate Kid, yeah, that's a good one. Push uh, it to the, the power, limit. Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News and Back to the Future. Yeah. No, Maniac good. from Flashdance. Okay, yeah, that's a good. One. And one other one that's a little bit of the uh, wanky film sort of side of things, but uh, from Moon. Chesney Hawks being played every morning on the radio and the one and only, which is obviously like a... It's very r- It's a really funny play on the fact that he's a clown. Yeah, actually, uh, so uh, it's actually uh, the only person on the space station. Uh, yeah, but actually, like, there's loads of him. So he's not the only. Uh, and here's here's top five worst. I don't know if you want to contribute. Okay. No, can you just uh, rattle through these ones? Okay. Uh, Wild Wild West by Will Smith. Uh, whilst Men in Black was excellent, this that's exactly why Wild Wild West was terrible because it was such an obvious cash in. That's why I hate it. Okay. Um, Don't want to miss a thing. I think is the best and the worst. Is that is that okay? Yeah. It was one of the best and the worst. Anything on the Queen of the Damned soundtrack, which included stuff like Corn, Static X. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and here are the ones that you're going to go, oh, here we go. But it is to do with the feel, and it is to do with whether or not they resonate with you. So I think the songs in Baby Driver and like things like Happy on Despicable Me 2 yeah. feel far too much like they're a sort of intentional contrivance rather than something that just like fits the film quite well. They're maybe sure. the, I think Baby Driver is the controversial one from your point of view because I feel like you like it and I feel like a lot of other people think it's done well. I do like syncopated cut to the music um, editing for action scenes and stuff like that. I just felt like it was it was too well thought through and all like very like very like worthy and that sort of thing. Is that okay. terrible to say? Um correct. Uh, okay, you've scored correct. a point, yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you have any closing remarks on this topic, Ollie? Yeah, so I've got a couple. Um, so there's a few soundtracks that I just wanted to bring up. One was Trick or Treat from 1986. That was a, uh, a horror film. There was a lot of horror films with some like pretty cool soundtracks, and they all kind of lent quite hard on the sort of hair metal slash uh, heavy metal stylings. Um, and this one you'd like because uh, a lot of the music was performed by a band called Fastway, um, which okay. was written by Fast Eddie Clark from uh, yeah. from Motorhead. Yeah. So he okay. wrote a lot of the music on that soundtrack uh, in a band called Fastway. Yeah. Um, he played was, with Fastway a, for a long time after. So there was a, a film, I've said this before, Shocker, and that had a uh, the old Megadeth, Iggy Pop, and the aforementioned Dudes of Wrath. Um, there was Judgment Night, the um, <laughs> hip hop slash heavy metal crossover album that was uh, pretty successful when I was. Um, you can't actually find a review on Amazon of the Judgment Night soundtrack below four stars. Wow. Okay. So it, it's actually pretty good. It's not too bad. And then they followed it up with um, a similar idea for um, the movie Spawn, where they kind of crossed uh, heavy metal acts with more like uh, dance or electronic acts. Uh, so you had like Atari Teenage Riot and Slayer, uh, for example. Okay. Orbital, Metallica, etc., etc. So it was a pretty good idea for a, a soundtrack, I thought. Um, you had the soundtrack for the movie Gummo, which mixed uh, a lot of genres, including uh, stuff like um, black metal band Burzum on the soundtrack, which is, you know, pretty, pretty controversial controversial um especially as it's on on the same um playlist as stuff like madonna and buddy holly okay so that was that's quite an interesting one uh obviously wayne's world big one uh and one of friend of the podcast uh peter's favorite soundtracks the mission impossible 2 soundtrack <laughs> yeah featuring limp biscuit and metallica yeah um so yeah there's a there's a lot of a lot of stuff there um and I think that's all I've all I've got to say. But I, I I don't think we really get the big film singles that we used to get. Um, I think those days are potentially gone. I think the most recent one that was like that, which I like, um, is Skyfall by Adele. Okay. It it did really well as a single, I think, as well as just being attached to a successful film. Don't know if it was the same sort of like months and months in the charts sort of scenario, but at least the album that that song went with 
if her success otherwise is anything to go by, that it, that album did very well. So it was pretty big, and I think it fit the movie really well. Um, I think I think that's it. I've got a little um, quiz I want to try out on you just to end the Here podcast with. I'm gonna I'm gonna you're gonna come round to it. Um, it's gonna it's only gonna take five seconds. It's a quick it's a quick fire quiz. Okay. Um, and we're gonna at least do it on three episodes. Okay. So I'm going to give you uh, the first name of an actor or actress, and you're going to tell me, you know, which one I've got written down. Um, and we're going to see how many you manage to guess. Okay. Are you ready? And it's just got to be the first one that comes to your head. Okay. Peter. Jackson. Cushion. Is it- da- Danny. Hey, stop. De- Danny. DeVito. Correct. Robert. De Niro. Incorrect. England. Mel. <laughs> Gibson. Correct. <laughs> Kevin. Costner. Hart. Oh, so you. Come on. So you you got I mean you got two out of five. Okay. So let's see. How, did you like that quiz? It was good. Yeah, I started to get <laughs> it's it. It's better than. So was it actually better than the uh, the big long Second quiz? One. The stuff? <laughs> I tell you what. If if <laughs> length was the drawback of the first one that one's definitely pulled it back for you okay if you like the podcast then you can go and like and subscribe everything about us on various different things like facebook.com forward slash guys on film you can go to our website guysonfilm.co.uk and check out all the stuff that we've got on our social media through that and some funny videos we've made and you can email us at guysonfilmpodcast at gmail.com if you want the personal connection I'm just I'm just laughing at how uh, you tried to talk during that quiz, even though I said it needed to be quick fire. You still were trying to interject. So was like, I, I, because you were, <laughs> it was like a whirlwind, and you and you were just caught in it. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure exactly how questions. the first one had gone. And after, <laughs> I was like, "Is that right or wrong?" And then you it's paused wrong. too long before the second one, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then we we're, were off. Going. And then we we're off. But now we know. Uh, now I'm intrigued but... as to why we're doing that on a very specific number of test attempts, which you said we're doing it at least on three podcasts. Oh, just because I want to see if the segment works. Okay. Um, the last thing I haven't thing. plugged is our Instagram and Twitter, which is at GOF Podcast. Get in touch, guys. Okay, great. Bye. Bye.